0: And it'd be just like déjà vu, circa two thousand, what one or two, right in that, right in that time. Two thousand
1: one, two thousand, two thousand one. Now Ward wouldn't (laughs) be there because I got hired to replace Ward, so it would be you and me and and Mike Strange and Gary Lundy and 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 Adams and you know maybe maybe we let Griff hang around, maybe not.
0: And, And and Gerald Harrison guarding the gate. Yeah, absolutely! <laughs> Yelling
1: at it. <laughs> those are the days, make sure man. Sure, we say nice things by Casey
0: Clausen. That's right, the the, the Iceman. But it, we really appreciate you spending some time with us tonight. Um, and I, I'll tell another story. I, I love when you first came on the beat. Of course, Andy. For those of you who don't know, played played a little football for the head ball coach down at Florida. Okay, Andy. And uh, I think the first time Coach Former realized that you were new my to the first beat day, Chris. first day and that you had played football at at, at Florida Chris just now think about that time frame and that's when actually Tennessee and Florida was a rivalry it was a leg- legitimate rivalry it, it you was aside. also Wednesday
1: of Florida week
0: right and he pulled you aside and wanted to know now do you have any strong allegiances to Florida or what what's the deal here and you told him what
1: i said Coach, you have walk-on offensive linemen on your team, too. Do you think they have a lot of allegiance to you guys? <laughs> <laughs> he just laughed. And I think we we were fine after that. We were good.
0: <laughs> Andy, Andy, I really you wrote a good piece for The Athletic on just sort of the – and trying to answer the question that we get a lot around here. Of course, I still live in Tennessee. Britt uh, Brent does as well. And what's it going to take – For Tennessee's program, not even to be necessarily elite anymore, but to be relevant, and I think you did your best in your piece. People can go read it on The Athletic to answer those questions. And in short, the answer is probably not what a lot of Tennessee fans want to hear, is it, Andy?
1: No, there's no magic bullet right now. It's just the roster's in a really bad place, and they are going to have to dig it out. And and you can't press the reset button to do that. You know, if you press the reset button, you're talking about, probably another three, four-year project. you got to let Jeremy Pruitt just try to recruit out of it. And, you know, I'm not saying – I don't know if Jeremy Pruitt's going to be the long-term answer, but he does know what he's looking for in terms of what rents in the SEC. So, you know, he can recruit for a few years, and then you can reevaluate at the end of three, four years, see where the roster's at and see how – you know, if they're moving on the field, that's not right, You're still going to have a better roster than you would – but, but I know a whole bunch of people are going to be very upset because, listen, what you saw yesterday is only going to get worse when they're playing Georgia, when they're playing Alabama. It's going to be ugly, and Tennessee fans are just going to be patient with this because I don't think hitting a reset button is going
2: to help. You know, Andy, I think there's you know there's the chicken versus the egg you know, approach mm-hmm. there from the standpoint of, okay, Tennessee fans get it. you got to have more talent. you got to go get more talent. But if and Jeremy Pruitt and his staff know how to recruit time, they know how to evaluate, they, you know, they've won in the SEC, but, but he's also come from worlds where everywhere he's been was a contender, which makes it easier to recruit. So what's the yeah. adjustment? What's the adjustment? You've covered recruiting for a long time as well. What's the adjustment for Pruitt and his staff in terms of going out and, and finding guys because you can't walk in the door and, and beat out Clemson and Alabama and Georgia, head up
1: for a bunch of players right now? The adjustment is, is trust your evaluation skills, and they have those. You just have to kind of adjust them a little bit. Uh, you know, you know if you're Jeremy Pruitt, what, what 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 it takes to play at Alabama or at Georgia or at Florida State during their glory days. So you're maybe not getting that guy, but those guys that you would jump up on the table for at Alabama and say, "Coach, if we have one more scholarship, I love this guy. Maybe doesn't fit everything we want." But let's, can we please say this? That's the guy you go after so hard on this one. And also, you can cheat off the tape a little bit of coaches, you know, who are also really good at that. You know, look at Mark Stoops at Kentucky. Look at who he's recruiting. He knows what he's doing. Look at who Scott Satterfield recruits at Louisville. Because you know he knows what he's doing in terms of evaluation. So, I mean, th- that's the type of stuff you got to do. And and you've got to win on those evaluations. you gotta you got to have some guys. And the thing is – a lot of those guys, they're going to really want to play for Tennessee. They, they will be excited to play these interesting. And as long as your evaluations are good, your team is better.
0: Andy, I, I, the other thing too that you know, the point, one of the points you make is it's a different landscape, completely different landscape. But this, is, it, by no way, by no means, is to diminish what Philip Fulmer accomplished at Tennessee. But you look at who. Tennessee is recruiting against now, and, and the footprints around them now. You got Dabo at Clemson, you got Kirby in mm-hmm. Georgia, you got Nick in Alabama, who's recruiting all over the place. You got Mac Brown over North Carolina, and Mac knows every high school coach in, this, in that entire state. Um, it's it's just completely different. You know, Ed Ogeron down at LSU. There was a time when Tennessee had a pretty good oh, pipeline right down in, good. Yeah, down to Louisiana. You know, Jarvis Rudo was a highly rated offensive tackle. A guy by the name of Peyton Manning was a pretty decent player here. Um, okay, okay, he's okay, but it, it's a different landscape, and I think that's what makes this job even harder mm-hmm. to be able to go out and and beat a Georgia head to head, or beat a uh, beat an Alabama head to head, yeah. or beat Dabo. Oh I mean, yeah, think about think about that national championship team. Think about the team of the two thousands, the guys like Hainsworth.
1: Though mm-hmm. they, they well, absolutely that- lo- loaded Albert's up
0: in the Carolinas.
1: Example, yeah, yeah Albert's the example I always give. So when. They go into Albert Haynesworth's living room in, what was it, 1999, I think he signed. Uh, You're saying, hey, come to Tennessee. You're playing on national TV every game. You you can't get, like, Clemson and South Carolina can't promise you that. Well, now they can, and Clemson's also awesome to boost. And there's no way Albert Haynesworth leaves the state of South Carolina right now. And that's the part that makes things so much harder. And they had a good pipeline to Atlanta going then. Well, Kirby's going to get what he wants in Atlanta, and then the rest of them you're going to fight off Nick Saban and Doug Mounds
0: on floor. Let me ask you this. We'll get you out of here, Andy. As you look at Tennessee, and it's, it is going to be a slow, painful process for Tennessee fans, if this thing doesn't get dramatically better this year and you're, and you're looking at a, I don't know, a three and nine, maybe a four mm-hmm. and eight type finish, does that make next year, you think that makes next year Armageddon for Jeremy? Probably.
1: Probably, because uh, I think we've, we've generally come to accept that three years is, is the acceptable amount of time. I don't know that that's the case in this particular case. I think it's probably a longer-term project, but that's probably realistic. So it's going to have to be tangible improvements. So let's say it's a 3-9-4-8 and type season this year. Bowl eligibility next year would be the kind of tangible improvement.
2: This in a big picture scheme for, for, for everything. A lot of second year coaches, not a lot, but some of the second year coaches around the country aren't having great second year success, aren't showing some of the tangible improvements that typically you see in year two. Is, is any of that driven by the fact that you can't oversign and so the roster flips harder to do? And is any of that driven by the fact that you have that early signing date, which means when you get the job December 2nd, December 3rd? you've got less than two weeks to go out, evaluate, and try to throw a class together. Is that hurting the, the flip of the programs in terms of starting that track back forward in the right direction? Yeah, no doubt,
1: Hubbard. I don't know if the, the over one is as much because that, that's that been gone for 10 years, but it is much harder because whatever, remember, the last guy, the one who got fired, probably used all his scholarships, and, uh, and you don't have anything sitting there to use You know, you should should be able to count back to save some. They probably don't have any of those in most cases. Uh, So the the second piece, the early signing, day, absolutely makes that roster flip harder. And and you're seeing people trying to manage it in creative ways. I think uh, you saw many at Miami this year. They missed on everybody. They wanted it out of of high school. So, So they had a ton of scholarships up there. So they just hit the transfer board. they need to beef up their senior and junior classes anyway. So kind of work on, on that end, but that's not going to work every single time. So it, it used to be that you could sign a class. I mean, you had to really rush, but you had two months to, to put together the class. Now that first class is gone. It's not going to be your class. Whoever committed to the old coach. And then whoever you got out of the transfer for your first real class. Especially.
0: Well, Andy, we appreciate it, brother. Appreciate your time. And, um, Look forward to seeing you down the road, maybe uh, get a recommendation, too. You, you've been known to, to, to offer pretty decent recommendations on barbecue joints, a few here and there. Absolutely. Well, you're, so you're at
1: Texas Roadhouse right now, so just have some of those rolls for me, please.
0: Oh, I I've already have about
1: eight every time I go.
0: I've already had about two of them, and they're still as good as they ever were. I can promise you that. <laughs> but we, uh, we really appreciate your time, man. Good stuff. Be sure and go to The Athletic and read Andy's piece on... Where Tennessee's program is right now, trying to answer some of the questions that we all get and have gotten now, seemingly for about a decade. Andy, imagine—I tell you what—you got out at a good time, because it ain't been. A, <laughs> my, my neighbor told me the other day after the BYU game; they all are, are BYU fans and went to the game. She said she looked at me. She said, "I think it's going to be a long year for Tennessee." And I said, "Carrie, it's been a long decade for Tennessee," and that's probably the best way <laughs> I can sum it up.
1: But we appreciate never your time, a man. To
0: keep. No, coming it is. That's right. That's right.
1: Okay, Andy.
0: Thanks, Andy. We'll see you, brother. Thanks for the time. Thanks,
1: guys.
0: All right. Bye-bye. That's Andy Staples of The Athletic. We appreciate his time. His-